Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. You can follow us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod. And please head over to the Facebook page. Give us a like over there as well. And if you would, go down in the description, click the links, and subscribe to the Thundercast YouTube channel. Uh, And we make it really easy for you to also join the Big Green and get involved with the Thunder Trust if you so choose. Today we've got a special episode. It's a standalone episode. And yes, you will get the regular Thundercast weekly episode later in the week. But today is our pre-spring football preview with head coach Charles Huff, and we could not be more pumped about it. So let's get ourselves a quick word from our sponsors at 304carwreck.com. How about that? If you've been hurt in a wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. Matt and Jason are experienced injury lawyers in Huntington who have helped many people just like you with claims throughout West Virginia, Ohio, and Kentucky. Car wrecks, truck wrecks, and injury claims aren't just something they do, it's what they do. Find them at 304carwreck.com. Well, we are joined by head coach Charles Huff today, and we're going to get our pre-spring football preview from... The man himself, we got a lot on the docket, and we're going to try to pry as much out of the coach as he'll let us pry out of him. We know a lot's got to stay locked away, but uh, we'll see what we can get out of him today. So, Russ, uh, let's get this thing kicked off. We've got a big announcement that we want to get out there to help our buddies over at the Thunder Trust and try to help push Marshall Athletics forward. So let's start there, and let's talk about that. Sure. So uh, KD and I have been uh, asked to help out. Uh, with the 1837 NIL Honors Club through the Thunder Trust. And we will be part of uh, some behind-the-scenes kind of uh, shows, interviews, that sort of thing that uh, they have called the inside word on the herd. And uh, they'll have uh, athletes and coaches and things like that on from time to time. Uh, And uh, we hope that everyone will kick into the Thunder Trust at 1837 NIL Honors Club. You can find it on thundertrust.com. But, Coach, that will impact you and your team and all the other teams and all the athletes that we have here. So I'd like to get your thoughts on it and, and see what you think about it. Yeah, I, I want I, I appreciate you guys having me on, and I appreciate you guys um, allowing me to speak to the to the to the fans and, and the people who <clears throat> follow Marshall football. Um, obviously, this this um, NIL world that we live in is uh, where college football is now. Um, I tell people all the time, my opinion or your opinion of if it's right or wrong really doesn't matter. It's here, um, and and we've got to be able to adapt. And this is just one way that. I think sometimes when people think NIL, they just think that, you know, players are making billions of dollars and people Mm -hmm. writing million dollar checks. And and that's not really what it is. Um, What it is, is exactly, you know, the 18, um, excuse me, the 1837 initiative. You know, it's a, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a group of people giving, you know, 20 bucks a month here, 20 bucks a month there. And what it does is it, it just supplements the student athletes. It's not, we're not trying to buy, you know, every student athlete, you know, a, a, 
a Mercedes Benz or, you know, a brand new house. What we're trying to do is we're trying to supplement their, um, their basically their living. Obviously here at Marshall, we're not in a situation where, you know, our scholarship players get a buku of money. Uh, so let me break it down to you. So if you are a scholarship player um, here at uh, Marshall University, um, if you are a freshman, you obviously live on campus, right, in the dorms, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, they get $200 a month is what they get, $220. Actually, they get a check for $220. Um, that check is supposed to cover cost of living, you know, um, food, cell phone bills. <clears throat> um, if they want to go to the store and buy, you know, I don't know, a candy bar, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it may be. Um, that's what that 220 is supposed to cover. And people say, well, well, you're paying for their education and, you know, they, they get to go to the cafeteria. Well, yes and no. Uh, the cafeteria has hours, right? So if your hours don't match with the cafeteria, then you can't eat. I mean, it's not a 24 hour diner, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, you know, you're, you're still talking three meals a day. Um, mm -hmm. I think all of us probably eat more than three times a day and you can't mm -hmm. take the go boxes. You can't take you know, bananas in your pocket, you know what I mean? So when you get back to your room at 11 o'clock after you've done a day full of football in school, maybe you want a Gatorade. <clears throat> maybe you want, you know, a bag of popcorn. Mm -hmm. Well, where does that come from? That's got to come out of that 220. Mm -hmm. um, on comparison, there's other schools that everyone gets 2,500, you know, 3,500, 4,500 a month. Okay, so now flip it around and you talk about your juniors and seniors. Um, most of them live off campus, right? Obviously, once you, you get up past the dorm stage, you don't want to sleep next to your best friend, even though he's your best friend, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so when you move off campus, okay, the, the check that they get when they move off campus is 2200 a month, okay? And everybody's like, well, if I was getting 2200 a month and I was a college student, I'd be doing fine. Well, out of that 2200 because you've moved off campus, you have to now pay your rent mm -hmm. out of that. You have to pay your electric, you have to pay your cable bill or whatever, any other bills that you accrue from a living standpoint, you have to pay out of that 220 or that 2000 and, you know, $200. Mm -hmm. um, so if, if you just do simple math, right, you got $2,200 rent on average here in Huntington is going to run you somewhere between 600 and $800, you know, a, a month. Okay. Even if you get a roommate, you know, okay, you're at $400 a month. Well, electric bill, you know, uh, cable, phone bill, you're looking at $150, $200, okay? When you do move off campus as a scholarship athlete, you don't get to go to the cafeteria because you have foregone that. So now all of your meals have to come out of that $2,200. So before you know it, you're you're out of money mm -hmm. um, and, and, and you're still expected to come out and run and jump and do some things from a football perspective. Um, that, that, that we just don't think about, you know, so what does this 18, you know, this $20 a month or anytime you donate to the NIL, what does that do? It supplements those fees. So now mm -hmm. maybe if you can get an each, you know, get one of the players or one of the student athletes, a couple hundred dollars more a month. Okay. Well now that's a little more wiggle room. Yeah. Um, I have players sometimes that have made, you know, statements, coach, I pay my rent late so I can eat. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not a good way to go into adult life, right? You, you don't want right. to skip paying one bill to do something else. Um, and we try to educate them and we try to 
um, you know, give them some financial guidance. You know, the kids aren't running around blowing money. I mean, obviously, they they probably spend money on some things that when we were kids and you buy a pair of shoes or you buy a pair of jeans, you know, now you probably don't buy as many, but they're still kids. So you shouldn't be penalized because you're a student athlete for not being a kid. Um, the other thing is what we don't take into account. Your scholarship money doesn't take into account, account inflation. Mm-hmm. So if gas goes up to four dollars. You're still responsible for putting gas in your car with that two, you know, twenty two hundred a month. So that's where the NIL kind of comes into play. And I think what people have kind of gotten a little bit brainwashed on is, oh, everybody's getting sixty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand. Well, that's not really it. What people are getting is they're getting monthly supplements. No one is getting a briefcase with $100,000 in it. What people are getting is they're getting these monthly supplements. So if you're saying, okay, well, you know, so-and-so went to this school and he's getting $50,000 NIL money. Well, divide that by 12. And that's basically what he's getting a month, you know, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month to supplement some of what they're doing. So that's where this NIL and this, um, this fun, um, and what you guys are doing and partnering with it, I think, is phenomenal because it just supplements their what we give them. And obviously, we're limited on what we can give them. I would love to be able to have every kid, you know, do whatever. But it's the reality of where we are. But what this does is it allows them to be supplemented in their basically daily living. Uh, we're not trying to, um, where you say, splurish, you yeah. know, with, with the funds. We're trying to help supplement. So if a kid wants a pizza, he should be able to go get a pizza. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I grew up, Little Caesars had like $5 pizzas, right? Yeah. They're not $5 anymore, I know, right. because my son eats them all the time. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> so things change, right? I mean, yeah. it's just you, you can't go to McDonald's and get a meal for $4 anymore. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't, you can't do it. Um, so we just got to be able to continue to be creative. And I think, you know, this, this 1837, which is a small, you know, fee and maybe, then and once you log on to try and, and and be a part of this, even if you don't have eighteen thirty seven a month, you can give something. And, yeah. and what something does is it helps supplement. And I'm just talking football players. I'm not talking, you know, volleyball players, basketball players. You know, the soccer team. Everybody's in the same scenario. It's not well. Football players get X amount of dollars, and you know, softball players get this. Everybody gets the same thing. Um, so those are some of the things that I think you know this. Um, um, initiative will be able to help and kind of help people understand what we're trying to do in this world of NIL. Yeah. And think, uh, hold on, here. I think people lose ahead. track of that because I can speak from experience. Like when I was a student, I, you were sitting there talking about average rents in Huntington. And I was like, dude, I paid 175 bucks a month in my rent in Huntington. And people lose track of that. There's like, well, yeah. when I was there, it was this, well, it ain't that anymore. Right. right. So it's, it's, it's more expensive. And the, you're right. Being penalized for being a kid shouldn't be a thing because we're asking so much of all of our athletes. And we're talking, yes, specifically about football because you're here. But we, we've we talked about their schedule all day long. It's all day, every day. Weights, books, studying, practice, eating when you have the time and you have to sleep and refuel and you want a social life. So you need a little bit of extra coin kicking around just to help you unwind and take a breath. So this 1837 initiative isn't a lot of money. And, and what you're going to get for that is some added benefit. Like it's not just you give them 1837 and you're like, all right, good. I'm done. If you want to do that and feel good about yourself. Great. But 
the Thunder Trust is going to provide some premium content for you for doing that. And and Russ and I have partnered with, with them to help provide that content. Now, look, I should tell you that everything we do on the Thundercast is continuing to be free. We, our show is not going to change, but we want to add benefit for those herd fans that want to help. And and Coach Huff and some of the athletes and other coaches are going to help do that with these guys because we know you you don't want to hear from Russ and I. You want to hear from Coach Huff. That's why we have Coach Huff. <laughs> so uh, just, just go to thethundertrust.com. The links are in the description of the episode, and we make it really easy for you to become involved. Uh, Russ, do you have anything else you want to say on this topic before we get into some dang football? Yeah, I just want to say that, you know, we've got uh, some things out there uh, that are like a certain dollar figure a month to get inside info or, or whatever. Uh, and that money is going to, um, you know, uh, behind a paywall for articles or to, to be, uh, to get informed or whatever, but you can get informed directly from the coaches for a little bit more inside info only for the people donating to this Thunder Trust initiative, the 1837 NIL club where, and, and coach, you can't speak for everybody, but I mean, you're here right now. You'll have some exclusive stuff. I'm sure that you'll, you'll share. I mean, you're not going to say, Hey, we're going to run a flea flicker on the third play, but you know, you can, you can keep our fans informed and everything. And this will be the last free Thundercast interview you'll get. It'll all yeah. be, what did you see it? No, I'm not a member of the 1837. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's that's and that's what we need to move all of these programs forward. Right. We all need to buy in. Uh, if we want some inside info, let's go get it straight from the source. Let's get all this info uh, where we want it. Uh, let's help this alma mater and these sports teams that we love so much. And the coaches are willing. The athletes are willing. We all see that this is a topic that we need to do with NIL. It's not going away. We need to do it. We need to embrace it. We need to stay on top of it. And that's what we hope to do. Well said, brother. You can't be a championship-level program without championship-level support, and that's what we want to do. Coach, let's talk about some daggone football, shall we? Yeah. It's uh, it's <laughs> Well, we know that this springtime is a little bit uh, kind of a different animal, right? Because the coaching staff, by and large, isn't in too much contact with our players. BA and the strength the sports performance staff are the ones that are really hands-on right now. And that leads me to ask, well, even though you haven't been – you know, let's say firsthand contact with them before spring practice starts, which is going to kick up here in a few days. Um, have you heard, have you seen just from passing guys in the hallway, who's made some huge strides in that weight room this year? Who's going to be on the radar a little bit more for herd fans this season? Yeah. Um, I think you said it best, you know, um, BA and, and his staff and, you know, and our, um, you know, nutrition staff. And this is, this is probably the most important part of the entire, you know, phase. Um, because this is when, you know, you go through the season, guys lose weight just naturally, right? If you play mm -hmm. a game every weekend, you're expending more than you're putting in. This is a chance for, for guys to put weight on. This is a chance for the heavier guys to lose weight. This is a chance to turn some of that bad weight into good weight. Uh, we talk about functional strength, not just, hey, Johnny weighs 200 pounds, but how functional is that 200 pounds? Um, <clears throat> so B.A. has done a phenomenal job. And this is kind of the, you know, behind the closet work, you know, on the on the car before you roll it out on the red carpet. And, you know, this is when, 
you know, it's, it's most important for these guys to be eating healthy and getting plenty of rest and making good decisions with, you know, do I go to McDonald's or do I go to, you know, Kroger and learn how to grocery shop, which we kind of walk through with our guys. Um, so just as an, you know, as, as a, as a entire program, the overall physical development, when you see guys, you know, especially the freshmen, those are the ones who, you know, they got here in August, <clears throat> their heads are still spinning. You know, they're, they, they just realized that, you know, mom's not here anymore. Finally, the game started to slow down for them towards the end of the year. Um, you get those extra practices for spring, which is always good. And now you get into the winter um, part, you know, so seeing the freshman body transformation um, is, is huge. You know, a guy like Tariq Montgomery, you know, what I mean, who, who's a freshman lineman that, you know, especially within our level, we're, we're expecting to be able to contribute and help that position has changed his body drastically. Jalen Slappy um, was another guy in that in that class. We, we recruited the younger guys. Uh, we brought in a transfer from, you know, the University of Florida, Chris Thomas, and he lost he's lost 22 pounds since he got here in January, you know, just changing his body. Not when we talk about losing weight, we're not talking about like just starving. We're talking about changing, the, you know, the, the baby fat into, you know, muscle and mass. And, um, you know, some of the younger DBs that we had, Deonte Hill and those guys on the back end have put on you know, seven, eight pounds of muscle, you know, so we're, we, we weigh it and we, we, we do what we call it bod pod mm-hmm. and we look at, okay, what is your body fat percentage and how do we change your body fat percentage to go down and your muscle percentage to go up? Um, and, and, and that's kind of how we measure, you know, you say, well, so-and-so has gained seven pounds. We're talking about seven pounds of muscle. Well, you take, you know, a guy like Deanna Hill, who was 162 pounds when he got here, and you say he gained seven pounds, you're like, well, coach, he's only a hundred and, you know, almost 70 pounds. He hadn't really done much. Well, you say seven pounds of muscle, you're talking about a completely changed athlete. You're talking about faster, stronger, quicker, um, the ability to endure. You know, you talk about injuries that, you know, are part of the game. Well, when your body is in better physical shape, you have a chance to prevent injuries. Some injuries are unpreventable. We know that, but a lot of the soft tissues and ligament issues that you have, come from obviously taking care of your body, changing that bad weight into good weight, protecting your, you know, your explosive movements with muscle and those type of things. So I would probably say on whole, you know, we do a um, end of the summer kind of a, uh, we call it the trash can, which is where all of the fat that we lost goes into. And we say, Hey, this trash can now is up to 300 pounds or whatever. And as a team, we've lost 300 pounds of fat. Um, but I think right now we're in a really good spot. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to say, you know, well, this guy, you know, lost this weight, this guy lost this weight because there's still a football piece, right? You can mm-hmm. lose, you know, a hundred pounds and put on a hundred pounds of muscle and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger and not be able to play football, <laughs> you know? So the next phase for us is of those guys who've developed in the weight room and, and off season program, who can now translate that to football, uh, which is coming up on starting on Monday for us. Yeah, we're super excited about the start of spring practice. And I think what I was what I was probably alluding to with that question is, do you think that you feel good about? All right. We like where a lot of these guys are for day one of spring practice. We've met some of these transformations, these these body uh, transformations that we want to have for day one. And that's really good to hear. You know, we talk about all the time and we will talk about it again when we do our position group breakdowns for the spring. Just how vital that offseason program is, that first time strength program for those incoming freshmen. It means the world to have a guy go through that and then see the transition from year one to two. 
So that's really great news to kick things off here, man. I love that that you love where we are potentially heading into uh, day one. Yeah, yeah, I think we're in a really good spot. Coach, we also uh, had some turnover, and when you have good uh, coaches on your staff, people are going to come after them. And uh, we lost uh, defensive coordinator Lance Gidry, and we're bringing in new defensive coordinator Jason Seymour. Um, I know that, you know, again, we're not asking you to break down everything, but are we looking around the same kind of defensive scheme? Are we looking at something different? What, what can we expect out of the defense this year? Yeah, well, I learned uh, when I was at the University of Alabama uh, with Coach Saban, whenever you change coaches, the system doesn't change. The verbiage doesn't change because the players are playing. Mm-hmm. It's easier for one coach to learn what we do rather than for 125 people to learn what someone else does. So um, our systems will never change. Our verbiage will never change. Um, I think what you get is no different than when uh, Lane Kiffin went to Alabama. They still called the plays the same. It was just different variations of things and additions, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Each person that comes in, you know, you bring some expertise. Um, you know, when, when we were there at Alabama, we were running some of the additions that Lane brought in. That was eight years before, five years before I got there. Um, so that's what we'll do. I mean, obviously our base defense will be the same. We're going to be the same pizza place with a little bit different crust on some of our, some of our pizzas, some of our pizzas will be stuffed crust. Some of them be a thin crust. Um, so, you know, and, and one of the reasons that um, I chose, you know, Seymour is because one, he's an extremely intelligent football coach. And sometimes even though you run a similar system, when you come in and you have to be within certain parameters, it's hard to say, okay, what do I add? What do I keep? What do I change so that I can ultimately be responsible for the product, but I can also understand that we don't have the same pieces. We're not going to be the same team. Um, mm-hmm. And I want everybody to be ready for that. We're, we're, we'll be good. We'll be a good different. Um, none of last year's outside of the experiences are going to carry over. We lost a lot of really good players who played mm-hmm. some vital roles. Um, obviously we're replacing them with some good players, but it, we're going to be different. You know what I mean? So I don't want people to say, First time we give up a first down. Oh, man, this is this. We're going to be different. And that doesn't mean that we're not going to be good or maybe better, mm-hmm. but we're going to be different. Obviously, yeah. whenever you have change in any fashion, whether as coaches or players, we're, we're going to be different. We are different as a program institution without Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that there haven't been teams that played better or receivers that did some good things as well. Does that, does that kind of make sense? Sure. 100%. So, you can't really – I don't want people to compare, you know, this year to last year. Now, I'm not saying we're going to be, you know, oh, well, we won't be able to stop anybody. I'm not saying that, but we'll be different. We'll look different. Um, some of our strengths will be different. You know, I think last year we were more of a physical bruising, impose our will on teams on defense. This year we'll be a little more athletic, a little more savvy, a little more technique. Um, so we're still going to be selling pizza. We're just going to be a different – crust. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I, I chose, you know, Coach Seymour is because not only is he similar system, right? He runs a pizza shop too. Um, but he's able because of his intelligence and knowing the game to say, okay, where do I need to add? What can I keep? What did we do last year that was really, really good because of the players we had last year? What can we do this year with the players we have this year? And blending all that together is is is, is a tough job. You know, a lot of people ask me, 
Um, you know, well, you got guys in house that, you know, have been coordinators or, you know, that, that could do the job. It's very difficult to ask someone in the house to be someone else. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like, for example, on the offensive side, when I brought Clint in, I brought Clint in with the mindset of the offense that was already here from a verbiage standpoint, I would kind of merge with what I wanted to do. Well, Clint was a part of what I originally wanted to do. So that was an easier transition. Mm-hmm. When we brought Lance in, we brought people that that came from different spots and it was really Lance's defense that he taught them. So now when you say, okay, well, Lance moves on, well, the new guys that come in aren't really Lance's defense. Does that kind of make sense? So you got to be able to make all the pieces fit together. Um, And that doesn't mean that, you know, there's not coaches on the staff that would have done a great job, but I, I didn't think it was fair to say just because you were a part of Lance's staff that you have to run Lance's defense. I think that's handcuffing coaches, right? You, you originally make hamburgers, but I'm going to hire you to be a pizza maker. Hmm. I I mean, you're still cooking, but that's not your expertise. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was some of the things that go into, I know people don't think it goes that deep. Um, It also goes into, um, you know, personalities, you know, what, what type of personalities do you have on your staff? Recruiting goes into it. Um, one of the things I liked about, um, you know, Coach Seymour was that he had coached at a very high level at, at Valdosta State, you know, one double A. Um, he's from Montana. Anybody knows Montana, they have religiously been a powerhouse in football with probably a little lesser of an athlete than some other schools they've played. Well, here at Marshall, we're not going to get the guys that Georgia gets. We're not going to get the guys that Clemson gets. So we're going to have a guy that may be a step slower or inch shorter. How do we get that guy to perform at the same level um, as as we you know need him to? So those are a lot of the things that go into it. You know, I I could have hired, you know, any coordinator from Alabama staff who was sitting in one of those rooms making you know one hundred eighty thousand dollars to look at you know the first play of every game. <laughs> you know, well the reality of it is is that person going to be able to um, translate? You know, hey, what we do at Alabama with you know Devonte Smith and Najee Harris and you know those you know freaks of nature to what we got to be able to get a guy like Stephen Gilmore to do. And, and I think those are some things. Those are things that go into it from just a naming a uh, a coach perspective. You know, we saw something very similar with the softball team last year. Exactly what you're talking about. They had some all timers move on, uh, and the personnel is different. And we had. Uh, Coach Megan Smith Lyon on, and she was telling us, hey, this is going to be a new look team. We're going to have more speed. We're going to be doing more uh, bunning, hit and run. So it's a drastically different thing um, as far as not scheme, not coaching staff, not anything. It was just we have some new pieces. They're 24 and three today, you know, and and it's been an exciting same brand of exciting. So, um, yeah, we, we 100% get what you're saying with this, and, and we think the fans will embrace it as well. I tell you what resonates with me is that you used the exact words that she used, and, and it's weird that Russ and I went to the same place. You said it's a it's a good different, and yeah, that's what it, she that's exactly what she said. Yeah, it'll be a good different. It just, it's just going to be different, and I think sometimes when you have success, people just think, oh, well, we were this last year, we'll be this this year. It's, it, that, that's not always true because players move on players develop, you know, there's some guys that, you know, we knew would be good players, but needed another year. I mean, you take Cam Fancher on offense, you know, for, for example, you know, we, we, everyone would expect him to be better 
than he was last year. Well, that mm-hmm. means that offensively will be different. You know, we may not run the ball 40,000 times with Kalen LeBorn, you know, if, 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 if Cam is a little bit different, you know what I mean? So things yeah. will be different if that makes sense. Um, it, and, and it that's, makes that's not a bad thing. Perfect sense to me. And uh, that you actually just segued right into the next thing I wanted to ask you, right? <laughs> uh, last year, you know, you, you talked about just now some guys kind of thrust into action, Cam, he developed throughout the season and we saw he was a totally different quarterback in week six than he was in week 12 that, that I don't think anybody could dispute that. So moving into this year, based on what we saw at the end of last year, going through the spring and what you're hopeful for to see in spring practice, uh, what position group or groups do you think that we'll see take a step forward this year after another year of development, after another year of recruiting and after, you know, maybe some transfers that came in, are there some that are at the top of the list for you that we see press forward in a big way? Uh, I'm excited. Well, I'm I'm excited to see. I'll say that I'm excited yeah. to see the O line because if you remember, we bought in five um, or four five freshmen. You know, we brought in five true freshmen, high school guys, not transfers, just high school guys, um, and they've all been here a year. They've gone through the program. They developed. Um, they were in. I would say they were in, you know, they were second teamers, but emergency second teamers last year. You know, if if they had to go in, you know, in a, in a situation where somebody got hurt and he had to play, they would have been ready to play, but we would love to have them, you know, kind of red shirt and kind of get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, they've done that. They've gotten better. They've, they've gotten better. They've changed their bodies. Um, so with that being said, I think we will be deeper at offensive line, which will give us more flexibility. If that makes sense last year, towards the end of the year, we kind of got thin. We had about seven guys, six guys that, that could really play for us. Um, so it, it, you, you get thin, you know, I think we'll have more options, um, this year, which will be good. Um, I think, again, I think the quarterback room, um, will be different because there is, there's youthfulness and there's excitement and there's skill, but you got to still remember Cam Fancher has still only been, this is his second year on the field, third year Mm -hmm. here in school, a little bit different when you bring in a guy like Henry Columbia, who's, you know, transferred a few times, six year in school, older guy. Um, and then behind him, it's really, really young. Um, so I think, again, that position, when you talk about what position you think is going to take huge strides in the spring, the positions with the most, the youngest players usually take the biggest strides. And when I say youngest players, meaning guys that we feel like have talent, right? Cole Pennington is going to take huge strides this spring. Um, you know, Chase Harrison is going to take huge strides this spring. Um, the areas are the positions that have veteran leadership. What you're trying to do with those guys is you're trying to develop a level of consistency. The positions that have youthfulness, you're trying to see how much growth can they do? How much can they handle? You know, let's keep throwing stuff on them. Let's let's add one more, um, you know, not necessarily a new play, but let's add one more level of explaining this play to camp. Let's add one more level of explaining this play to Cole just to see what he can handle. Let's just say he crashes and burns. Okay, we know we can always go back to step one. But at least if we push him to step five, maybe he retains all the way up to step three. And that's where you get the most. A guy like Owen Porter, yeah, he's already at step five. So you're really trying to just get him to be consistently at step five. You know what I mean? So I think those areas probably on offense are probably the the two biggest ones. I think – the tight end position on offense, you know, Toby Payne did some things last year. He's um, he's a guy who's talented and young, 
Um, I think our receiver core will be a little more well-rounded. I know we've lost some pieces, but um, the young guys, the Caleb Coombs, the Chuck Montgomery's, um, the Jaden Harrison's, you know, those guys are, are, are guys who have played in spots. We've seen them make plays and now they're going to get a chance to have, have a true role um, defensively. You know, I think our strength was was the D line last year, um, but we lost a lot. You know, we lost um, Damian Barber. We lost Watts. We lost um, Kobe Cumberlander. We lost. Um, um, what else did we lose in that group? We lost about five guys in that group, you know, just graduated seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be able to see, you know, the the Michael Greens who transferred in from UVA, who Coach um, Elliott told me was the best player on their team before he left, um, on their team, not on their defense, on their team. Um, I was like, well, I hope he's that good for us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, the Chris Thomas, who, you know, is, a, is basically a true freshman from Florida, right? He was a freshman and, you know, whether it was a question of they had too many or he wasn't maturing fast enough for the SEC from a just growing up standpoint. We got a kid that's 6'5", 6'6", 320 pounds. He's down to 305 now. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do. You know, McCracken is a veteran guy we brought in from Ohio. You know, he's a guy that's played a lot of football, played at this level and played at a very high level. Um, you know, Tyquez legs was out to be first half of the season, yeah. you know, for, for that was a huge blow to us. So by the time he actually got going and the season was over, you know, we were into the bowl game, you know, so to being able to see him go through um, a full year, you know, um, Isaiah Gibson has dropped probably 15 pounds, maybe, maybe 12 pounds. You know I mean? He was a guy who played a big role for us. So I, I'm excited to see that, that, that new group of D linemen. Um, you remember we brought in Eliza Russell, who was a long, lanky high school kid. It looked probably looked like a giraffe if you walk by him. You know, he's up to 220 pounds. Um, you know, so there's some there's some positive in the youthfulness on our team right now. Um, linebacker was an area we pretty much got depleted at, you know, and that's why I say we're gonna be different. We played with three veteran linebackers last year with Eli Neal, you know, Abe Boplan and Charlie Gray. You know, Eli Neal is, is the only returner. Um, so being able to see what that those guys do, um, I'm really excited about um, Daytuan Smith being you know healthy. You know, going into this spring, it was one of the things that he struggled his whole career here. He just couldn't stay healthy. He's put on some quality weight and changed his body. Carry um, on Martin played a huge role for us in the back end last year. We lost Andre Sam and Carry on's kind of played that role. Um, and then to be able to find out who's going to be able to replace. Um, Stephen Gilmore, you know, Deonna Hill played some reps there. Uh, Jacoby Henderson played some reps there um, just to be able to see who will take the biggest strides this spring. So I'm, I'm probably more excited about the youthfulness on our team. And when I say youthfulness, I'm not talking true freshman high school kids who, who haven't even you know played in the game. I'm talking guys who may have played eight to 10 plays a game last year. And you probably didn't even know they were out there, but they were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I, I, I got to say that I'm pretty excited that you're excited about offensive line and defensive line. Uh, maybe that's just the football dork in me, but I love that you are excited about a, a line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball that we can potentially control more often than not. I think most fans, I would hope, realize that that's where a lot of games are won and lost. So for you to be pumped, I'm pumped about that. Let me just get that out there. <laughs> 
And coach, you mentioned uh, several quarterbacks there, and I know it's extremely early. We haven't had a, a practice yet uh, in the spring, much less you know fall practice. But uh, last year we started out with a two QB system, and we did some rotating on different sets and and plays and scenarios. Do you foresee that we might head that way again, or are you hoping or expecting that we come out with a true number one, clear number one QB, and then some backups? No, I, I don't want I don't want a clear number one um, when we come out of spring. I'd like to have a guy who we feel really good about, but I'd also like to have two or three guys nipping at his heels. And, okay. and to me, that allows that's what made Henry really good at the beginning of the year. Um, when we came out of spring, obviously Henry wasn't here. So Cam got a ton of reps. When we went into summer camp, we legitimately did not know. And ultimately, I made the decision to go with Henry to protect Cam's youthfulness, right? If the kid goes out there and he flops, this place is going to eat him up. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, and it's, it's, this is where we are in the world of sports, right? Like, if he goes out there and it doesn't go well, and he'd done some good things in practice, and they were probably, if you said, okay, in practice throughout summer camp, 60-40, Henry. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, But they were pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with that because Henry has started in games. Cam has never started a game. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, at least Henry's not going to like forget the snap count when people start screaming. It would, would Cam do that? I don't know, but I'm just, you, you, you go with a veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what you saw was in the beginning of the year, Henry played well, played really consistent. I mean, people forget he did lead the drive to win the Notre Dame game. I mean, I yeah. know everybody gets that but he did that um i don't know if everybody remembers cam got in that game and did not play well i mean he didn't really do anything now he didn't we didn't give him a chance to throw but the thing that he does it, it wasn't it wasn't a great showing for cam in that game um but that was game two three mm-hmm. you know game two two yeah so of course henry has got six years of experience beginning of the season he did well we continue to use Cam and get him some experience to get through some of those jitters, to get through some of those. Okay, a coach can't tell you every single thing that's going to happen on the field. Like some stuff you have to react to, some stuff you have to kind of anticipate. And I think as the season went on, Cam was able to do some of those things. Then what you have to think about is at the quarterback position, once you start to anticipate and react, you start to fall back on what you do well. And I think that's where we saw Cam kind of start to get some confidence. When it wasn't there, he took off running, he slid, he ran out of bounds, got another play. Uh, when you're an inexperienced quarterback, you try to fix it with what's in the playbook. Hey, if the first read's not open, go to the second read. If the second read's not open, go to the third read. If the third read's not open, throw the check down. Well, the reality of that is that's yes in playbook terms on your iPad. But stuff happens a lot faster than that on the field. And sometimes you might not get to the second read before you have to just take off. And sometimes you may be able to get to the second read. Sometimes because you ran the same play twice, you may have two different reactions. And I think as the game started to go on, Cam got more and more comfortable with that. I say all that to say, I think it made Henry prepare better going through summer camp with Cam nipping at his heels. You know, there were days where Cam would have a really good day and we'd start Cam the next day with the ones. And then Henry would come back and have another good day. 
Um, so to answer your question, I would love to come out of camp saying, I mean, come out of the spring saying, hey, we feel really, really good about one of these quarterbacks. If we feel like if we had to play a game today, one of these guys can go in and we'd be good. But I'd also like to come out of camp saying, if I am Cam Fancher, they may play Cole Pennington. They may play Chase Harrison. I got to make sure this summer that I'm trying to get better. Mm -hmm. I got to make sure this summer that I'm trying to improve. Not, yes, I won the starting quarterback job. See you guys in September. Mm -hmm. You you know know what I'm saying? So to answer your question, I would prefer to have a true competition. I'd prefer to have some uncertainty of who. Um, I would prefer the players kind of feel it too, not just coach talk. You know, we we have an open competition. I, I would prefer legitimate, like, guys, Tuesday I would have said Cam, but Wednesday I'd say Cole. On Thursday I'd say uh, Chase. You know, so that, that's what I would like to have. Um, the reality of it is, you know, with, with Cam's experience playing, there's probably a little bit of a leg up, but I don't know if it's so far gone I mean, Henry had six years on Cam. Cam was you know, four years behind him. So I don't know if it's so far gone that it's not catchable, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think uh, you're right as rain. And I ho- I'm I'm hoping that the, the fan base wants to actually hear that. I want a guy nipping at his heels. It's going to force him to be on edge and constantly want to be a step ahead and a step ahead. I mean – Hell, I would love it if I didn't know who our week one starter is until you know, Friday before the first game. You know, that means these dudes are working their tails off. Now, look, you're, you've been in a unique position over the last couple of years, right? You got one year in Conference USA, and you talked about then after that season was over, we need to do some things to change the look of our roster to be better prepared for how the Sun Belt is built. Now you've got a year through a Sun Belt schedule, and you see how the rigors are of a schedule of the Sun Belt. So after a full season of both Conference USA and the Sun Belt, what is something new that you learned that is going to help us be more competitive as a football team uh, in season two in the Sun Belt? Um, I would say a couple of things. One, I would say we've got to improve our um, holistic fan support. These Sun Belt teams are serious about their athletics. I mean, we're we're playing – 90% 90% of the, the teams we play are in the South, and they are serious about their athletics. There was not a game on the road that we went to that the atmosphere was not electric. Um, and, and we've got to come to grips with this. This is where we are. Um, and I know it was two years ago, and I know it was, you know, um, the ESPN game, but we went to App on a Thursday night, and the place was packed. Yep. And – you can say what you want. Every one of them suckers don't live in Boone, North Carolina. That's right. So that 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 so that excuse. So I don't know if they have they have like special jobs where, you know, you can get out of your job for a for a, a uh, App State game. But we better get that job here in in West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. And and what people did they they've made a commitment to supporting their athletic programs. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's holistically, we went down to Georgia Southern at the end of the year and they weren't even bowl eligible the place was packed. I mean, it was a phenomenal atmosphere. Um, so in order for us to compete consistently and people say, Oh, well, if you win, yeah, if you win, but when recruits come here and the stadium is third full and then they go to app and the stadium is all the way full, it matters. Kids are impressionable, and that's just the reality of it. Um, I know we have a great product, and 
every fan thinks that every kid should want to come here. The reality of it is some kids don't know. They don't know where they want to go. And sometimes they are impressionable by coaches' relationships. Sometimes they're impressionable by uh, a, a crowd or an atmosphere that they, that they walk into. Um, sometimes it's, it's you know, hey, I got an opportunity to play. You know, it's not just, hey, I want to be X, Y, and Z student, and this school has X, Y, and Z rating. I'm going it, – it's, it's, it's not. It's bigger than that. Um, and again, for us to be taken seriously in this conference, we, we've got to compete holistically on the field, fan support, um, donor support, NIL. Um, so I, I did see that, you know, and I would, I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I mean, that's not a knock. We went to some conference USA games where it was just okay. I mean, that's just the reality of it. It's not a knock to any school, but some of the atmospheres were just okay. Um, mm-hmm. There was not one just okay atmosphere in the Sunbelt. Um, and we, we've got to be prepared for that. The other thing I think, um, I think we addressed the issue this year. We got to continue to address it. It's it's an upfront league. Um, the, these guys are big, strong, physical fronts. You know, it wasn't that um, all of a sudden we forgot how to play football on offense. They were good on defense, starting with, like you said, the D lines. You know, they were big, they were long. Um, they play what, you know, um, if you follow football, they play kind of odd front ish, you know, kind of like the SEC does, which is built to stop the run. That's why if you look, every team in the SEC runs the same defense. Um, you know, they, they align the same. Now they may call it different or whatever, but they align the same because the key to winning is stopping the run. And that's what the key to, um, you know, the Sun Belt is, you know, teams are able to stop the run and they force you to pass. Um, so we've got to continue to improve on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Obviously, we made the adjustment last year and we were really, really good up front on defense. Um, now we've got to address the offensive line, you know, so that we can combat some of these defensive linemen. And we got to continue to con- uh, address the defensive line. So those would be the two things that I think are, to me, that stood out the most this year. Yeah, Troy, JMU, those were really good defensive lines. I mean, I put ours up there above them, but still some really good defensive lines that we faced last year. And I think that was a testament going up against those that we ran the ball really well last year. You know, people complained a little online about the offensive line. We had a 1500 yard rusher against these amazing D linemen (laughs) and, and he wasn't the only weapon that we had. So, you know, I, I think that you're a hundred percent on, I mean, that's one of the things obviously you don't need my affirmation that you know what you're talking I about. Was that. My, my day has been made. My, my yeah. day has been made. Thanks. Now, you know, go home, hang your hat up, and you'll be like, man, Russ told me I know what I'm talking about. So, you know, forget Saban, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I was waiting for that. Jeez. But, but, no, we talked about that a lot, and you can see the stats on those NCAA leaders. JMU was up there amongst the NCAA leaders on the defensive line stats on just about everything, and we were able to go down there and run against them. Mm-hmm. So, no, that's it's, it's some cool insight. I just don't think it's any coincidence that Marshall was ranked near the top in rushing and near the top in run defense, and all we had a great season. I mean, yeah. if that doesn't – directly prove what you're saying, then you just choose not to believe it, right? The, the statistics are there. The record is there. And you can't control every play in every game. We know that. We've talked numerous times, and I don't I don't feel, you know, like weird about bringing this up. We were one bad first quarter away from being in a Sun Belt Conference Championship game. Yep. 
Yep. That's, that's the truth again. about it. That's the truth about it. So we, we, I think we're in a really good spot. I really do. And um, as far as fan support goes, I want to bang that drum just for a second. Uh, because you, App has some great atmospheres. JMU has some great atmospheres. And we need to be right up there. Marshall has a, re, a, a reputation for being a good traveling fan base. Now let's get them to travel their asses to Huntington on a Saturday and pack the Joan every week because that goes so far, like you're saying, into recruiting. And I don't want to get into a chicken and egg thing. Will you win and then we'll show up? No, show up, whether we are winning or not. We won. I, we won nine games. We won. That's right. But, I mean, historically, I don't want that argument. I don't want – well, you know, because, look, I live outside of Tampa, Florida. If I'm lucky, I get to come back to one, maybe two games a year, and it kills me because I would love to be able to be there every Saturday. Um, so I, I, I'll never understand. Yeah, you can you can gripe. It's expensive. What, whatever excuse you got, whatever. It's not an excuse to me because if I had my druthers, I'd rather be at Jones C. Edwards Stadium six times a year. But I just can't. So I've, I feel um, I feel that there are those that are lucky enough to be able to do that and some, for some reason, choose not to. But anyway, I don't want to get off on that tangent because I'm going for a long, long time, man. I feel like I'm getting gypped because I don't have the ability to get there every week, and I want to be. So, Russ, we've kept Coach for a long time. Do you have anything else so we can get him his afternoon back? Just got one final one, Coach. We we spoke about the Sun Belt, but out-of-conference schedule looks really cool this year. Uh, got some ACC opponents, one coming to the Joan, one that we're traveling down to uh, Raleigh for. Um, these are easily travel games that we can go to, and they're great opponents. But how do you feel about the schedule coming up this year? Yeah, I, I'll tell you this. The, the schedule, obviously, I, and let me say this first. I'll play anybody anywhere you know, anytime. I, I don't get into, I don't believe refs have an effect on the game. I don't believe the schedule has an effect. I mean, at the end of the day, you, you got to execute to win. Um, but I do think when you look at it holistically, you have to kind of, you know, take it into to account. You know, one of the negatives about moving to Sunbelt is we end up having to drop a game. Mm-hmm. Well, when we pick up a game against NC State later in the season, well, now because of the algorithms that these count, the conference uses to decide when teams have buys, when teams get midweek games or whatever, well, we're contracted into a bad algorithm kind of line. So we get a buy week three, and then we got 10 straight, which is very difficult. Now we they say, well, you get a Thursday night game stuck in there, so you get you know a little bit of a, a day window, but it, it's difficult to go 10 straight. Mm-hmm. So I'll be honest with you, our ability to stay healthy, our ability to, um, and when I say stay healthy, I'm talking about catastrophic injuries, but also our ability to endure, right? You can be healthy and just be tired. You know, I mean, if if you're a tired football player, it's almost like being out for the year. Um, That's what our season is going to come down to. And and that's that's a lot on me. That's a lot on the administration. Uh, We have to do everything we can um, to make sure we give our guys a chance to be healthy and physically ready for a 10 game stretch. Um, you know, I think, you know, all the games are phenomenal. You know, I'm, I'm excited to give out getting going down to ECU for, you know, the history of this, um, place in that school, you know, Virginia Tech's a local school here that the people have had, you know, to get them in our place is phenomenal a power five opponent in the Joan. Um, NC State's got an unbelievable atmosphere and they've done a really good job and, and obviously our conference schedule, but our ability to navigate um, the, the, the 10 game stretch is going to be huge, you know, from a 
If we if we get depleted, we're not gonna win. I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and paint rainbows and, and sunshine, guys. It's, it's gonna be tough to win if we get depleted at a position. We just don't have mm-hmm. seven five stars waiting underneath the Joan, and you know I'll see. Um, you know if we can stay healthy and, and right injuries happen. So I'm not saying oh well the first person that loses a shoe, coach told us we were gonna lose. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you know obviously we've got to be able to stay healthy, and, and that means we have to do our job as coaches. That's why this development period is huge. You know that's why I've been you know beating the door down trying to make sure we get a training table for our guys for nutrition standpoint so that they can fuel their bodies the right way so that they can. Um, be in the best physical condition for this. Um, I'm excited about the schedule, but I'm also very um, cautious. Um, I've done a lot of talking to different coaches on the best way to navigate it, the best way to manage practice, the best way to, you know, practice enough in the beginning of the year to last you to the end, but not do it over too much. Um, you know, you stick a game like NC State in the middle of your season, you know, the, the issue with playing power fives is right. They're supposed to be a little bigger and stronger than you. Well, I don't want to come out of that game at NC State and, you know, and three, four guys be out. You know, I think um, if you think back, you guys didn't ask me this, but I'm going to tell you, um, you guys probably didn't even realize um, Isaiah Norman, our safety from last year, played a huge role for us. Got a high ankle sprain on about the last drive of the Notre Dame game. Well, the following week, um, we have to play carry on Martin, who had not played a lot. Um, and Bowling Green did a really good job of exposing him in some scenarios where he was just in a bad position, right? Playing man coverage, and he's not really a man coverage guy. He's developed. He's gotten better. Um, but because Isaiah Norman got hurt, he had to fill a role that really wasn't his role. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So th- those are some things that go into some of the things where you're like, oh, well, I mean, what happened from this game to this game? Or what? this guy gets hurt, put somebody else in there. Well, the best player may not be the next best player at that position. You know, we fell into a really good situation with LeBorn. Mm-hmm. But just thinking we don't have LeBorn, Ali goes down and we have three true freshman running backs. <laughs> you know, so yeah. there's 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 pieces. And if I had the magic wand and I knew what guy was going to get hurt, I would be able to say, oh, well, make sure we recruit two guys here. Um, but that's the, the concern of mine for the schedule. Um, I'm excited about it because we get an opportunity to go out and compete. But as the head coach, I'm also um, thinking, how can I best put my team in a position um, to endure what we have in front of us, if that makes sense? Yeah, it does. It, it does. And I know we tried to make a move here to mitigate that <laughs> week one by week, you know, which mm-hmm. we were able to do. And now, you know, it's it's not much better, but at least we don't have to go a full slate of games with the same Correct. scenario you're talking about. But I think a lot of fans are excited about the schedule, and you know we're not trying to put you on the spot here. But you know, from the surface, we think, man, we go on a run here, we can make some real noise on a national stage. There's some marquee opponents that will put Marshall front and center in some discussions, and I, I think that's where you want to be, right? You want to be under. Yeah, a little I, bit I, like I said, I think we are. You know, I think obviously, um, and this is no disrespect to any opponent, I think all our games are winnable. Sure, um, and, and that's where you want to be. Sometimes you have to you know, kind of put yourself in some games that, you know, things really, 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 really have to go right to win them to, you know, for other reasons. But I think we're in a situation where all our games are winnable. Um, but I also think every team in our conference can win every game. And that's the part that makes it very competitively exciting, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, 
any given Saturday, I mean, we saw it down to the you know, last week, you know, where, you know, teams that had not played great, you know, end up beating some teams that played really well. Some teams started off hot, kind of faded, you know, and that's the exciting part about this conference. Um, every week's a real game. I mean, Georgia State came in here and played unbelievable against us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's kind of like, man, I mean, would you guys just let us get yeah. out of here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, man, you guys just keep finding a way to keep it interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, you're right. And I love that. That makes the season so much fun. But at the same time, if you're the guy that's like, Damn it, we just want to win. Well, you got to work for those wins in this conference. I'm <laughs> not going to hand you anything, but that's what's so great about it. It really is. And we appreciate so much uh, of you giving us so much of your time again. God, I don't know why you continue to do that, but thank you. Um, well, I was waiting for Russ to kind of validate that I knew what I was doing. So now that I have that, <laughs> no need for me oh, to We could have let you out of here a half hour ago yeah. once <laughs> Russ gave you the thumbs up on what you're doing. But look, we want to give you, uh, obviously, like we like to try to do, we like to give you the open mic here for, to close out the show just to speak to whoever you want to speak to. Give us your final thoughts on anything you want to talk about. And I'm just going to say thank you so much. Uh, we feel obviously humbled for you granting us the time and uh, talking to the fan base and, and the and the reach that we're trying to bring to the herd fan base here. So let me shut my mouth and turn it over to you. No, I, I mean, I, well, first of all, I, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate every fan, every supporter, every alumni. Um, I, I don't want people to think that because we're asking for more that we don't recognize that people are doing. And I think that sometimes, you know, that's a little bit of the, confusion it seems like you know we're not really uh, appreciative of what we have you know we we were very appreciative of what we have we're very appreciative of what we do um you know what the fans do what the supporters do um just i know the expectations are high in order for us to reach those expectations everybody's got to do a little more i got to do a little more coaching i got to do a little more engaging our players got to do a little more studying i mean and in order for it to happen um, and the one thing that is probably the most exciting to me is I know we can. I know the fans can do a little more. I know the coaches can do a little more. I know the players can do a little more. Um, if I was in a place where I didn't think, you know, I thought this was the ceiling, I'd be like, eh, well, I don't know if we can ask anymore. But I, but I know it's, it's, it's not. And I know, you know, what we've seen over the course of the year from the athletic program in general. You take a look at basketball and how that, you know, that arena um, you know, transform. You know, I remember going to games last year and, and we were questioning, well, should we take recruits to the games? Because it was kind of a, um, just the okay atmosphere. You know, this year we were excited about taking recruits to the game. Um, and that has nothing to do with the product on the court. I'm just talking about the environment and the, yeah. you know, the, the, the environment. Um, we're going to take some, some recruits to softball. I mean, mm-hmm. this is something, I mean, last year, I mean, they played well, but they're they're in a new round with new energy and the environment's good. Um, I think what Christian Spears and Brad Smith are, are said they were going to do when they got here, they're doing. Obviously, everybody wants it fast. That's why they came up with Minute Rice, you know, but the reality <laughs> of it is it takes a little bit longer to do something holistically, but I think you're seeing it. I mean, even with baseball, I mean, those four guys don't even have a field and they're still playing mm-hmm. really well and, um, you know, so I think there's a lot of positive um, and I want fans to understand that we appreciate what they do do. Um, I'm excited for what they're going to continue to do. And I'm excited for where we all are going. Yeah, that's well said. Well said. We can all do a little bit more and we should just flat do it. 
if we want it to, if we want to see it get done then we've collectively got to do it russ uh, do you got any final words let's have them if not let's start to take us out of here only thing is coach told us right before we hit record practices are open uh, because they will be outdoors. If they're outdoors this year, uh, they're open, but uh, I'm sure that uh, will be something that will be out there on social media as well. But otherwise, uh, whether you see us at the cam, whether you see us at the Joan or whether you see us right here, letting coach know that he's a good enough coach. <laughs> and I give him my, my thumbs up on, on some of his decision making. He can feel good about himself. No matter where you see us, we're going to be screaming, Go Herd. <laughs> Go Herd. It's the Thundercast. We'll see you next time. Go Later. Herd.